On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Google's latest email to advertisers is very taxing, and all the Gregs raise their invoices about it. Twitter is adding another new startup to their graveyard. <clears throat> Happy family. Give a person a fish, feed him for a day. Show a person why how to cook fish is ranking in the search engine <laughs> results pages. Feed him for a lifetime. As Google is now kind of showing why a site is ranking in the SERPs. All on today's show. <laughs> You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm your host, Greg Finn, filling in for Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Caleb Blodgett. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on July 30th, 2021. All right, so Shep is out cruising around Maine, eating blueberries and lobsters. <laughs> Love it. So we're holding the fort down here. Uh, what's up with y'all this past week? Do you know that, you know that song, Highwayman by the Highwaymen? No. You don't, wait, you really don't? I don't. Oh, then this isn't going to hit. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> no? Either. Okay, it's like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and all those guys, and they like sing a song about being some type of person, and then they die in a tragic oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually song. do know what you're talking about. It's been in some movies. Yeah, it goes everywhere I but nowhere. I probably know it. I know the audience knows it, so. They, for sure. It's very popular. I realized that the song is about, re, spoiler alert, reincarnation. And it's like the guy's a highwayman and he's like robbing people, right? And so he gets hung yeah. and then he's reincarnated only to die this tragic death. And I thought I was some genius with my <laughs> communications degree. And I'm like telling my husband and he's like, yeah. The song's about reincarnation. <laughs> Duh, everybody knows that, but you didn't even know the song, so yeah. I, I feel smart around you guys. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you got to make a YouTube explainer video now. I'm good. I think I just minutes. did. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? Well, I moved into a, uh, my new apartment over the weekend, and that was a process. It was fine, and everything's in there now, but it took a lot longer. It was way harder than I thought it would have been beforehand. So I guess it's one of those adult things you learn as you go on, you know? But yeah, a lot of boxes, a lot of tape, a lot of debris on the ground. <laughs> Are you unpacked? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will be, though. Give me like 48 more hours. I can get everything out of those boxes. That's a lot 40? of boxes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, 40 hours. It's like, it's like what's left isn't the big boxes. Like those are the first ones I took out and unpacked. It's the little ones that get you, mm. you know, the stuff that's like, oh, there's probably pens in there. I'll get them out tomorrow. And then it's the next day and you still mm. haven't taken them out. Yeah. That's the best part about moving. Again, it all sucks. But just throwing <laughs> things out. Yeah. I love throwing oh, yeah. things. I love purge. getting rid of things. Oh, Donating yeah. things and throwing uh-huh. things out. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. All right, I've got a quick little Mandarin update in the Finn family household. My wife is learning Mandarin and my kids like learn enough just to be stupid. I think last time we were saying they learned socks. And they learn how to say, I don't want socks. So when the one boy says socks, the girl says, I don't want socks. And then they found out the socks is very similar to pants, uh, oh, wadza no. and kudza. Uh-oh. And so now they started saying, I don't want pants. And at one point they were throwing the socks off 
and they tried to throw the pants off, and I had to put a stop to that very quick. Where the wash, uh, wash wang, wabushwang, uh, kudza. That's the pants. So you yell at them in Mandarin? No, no, no. Too? I just oh. say you can't do that. You need to put your pants on. You're not going to jail. You're six. So <laughs> that's it there. All right, and if you want some actual good information here on Marketing Clock, there was a new marketing talk that Shep led and came out this week about digital marketing reporting and analytics. She was joined by Sarah Burke, who was here on, I think, two or three marketing clocks back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, Christina Brodsky from Media Sesh, and Anna Shutko of Supermetrics and the Marketing Analytics Show podcast. So don't miss that if you are interested in marketing reporting and I think there's a story a little bit down the road that might some people might be forced into coming with better reports and we'll get to that but first Jess what's happening in the news this week all right first up here Google has added more countries to their list of places where they're adding surcharges quote to cover a portion of the costs associated with complying with digital service tax legislation in these jurisdictions End quote. I would explain what that means, but we've talked about it before. In other words, they are passing the savings on to you. Jess, that is not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the savings they're passing. That is, it's the exact opposite, in fact. And depending on where you are, the surge charges range from 2 to 5%. You should have received an email from Google alerting you to this upcoming change if it does apply, but just in case you didn't and you're listening from Austria, France, India, Italy, Spain, Turkey, or the UK, as of October 1st, you can expect to see these super rude surcharges on your billing statement. Super unfortunate. Yeah. And there was a take from PPC Greg at PPC Greg on Twitter, (laughs) and he was quoted in Search Engine Roundtable, Barry Schwartz, power listener of the show's uh, establishment. What am I trying to think of? Publication. 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 (laughs) And... PPC Greg, this is a take that you might have heard when this first was announced here on the show, actually, mm-hmm. where he said, this isn't the point of these taxes. They're not supposed to be passed on to the consumers. Hashtag PPC chat. When these come to the U.S., legislators need to ensure there's a specific wording to specifically to prevent this. And that's his weird writing, not mine. And that's <laughs> that what it his says. specific wording. <laughs> yeah. Say specific again, Greg. Uh, and I just want to say... That was my take when it first came out. That's that's stolen valor. He took my take and got it published <laughs> in SE Roundtable. Your take got took. Yeah, yeah my yeah. take got taken. Specifically, your specific take. How dare you, PPC Greg? And I would just like to say we need some punitive measures against him for this. I think he should not be eligible for Greg of the Year. No, you're just using this. There is an agenda all along. That's there, not in the notes. I didn't know that was coming. It's a conspiracy <laughs> afoot. I was going to use that word later. There you go. Oh, what a theme. No, oh, but I, I, did I just step on something? Not at all. Oh, wow. Oh. Just getting your toes wet. All kidding aside, it's easy to look down on Google for this. Sorry, you need to pass better laws. If Google can just go and circumvent this and just tack on 5%, 2% here, there, that is the legislation's fault. And also, when you are calculating your CPAs in these countries, be aware the tax does not, it, it's not included in that CPA. So you might have to go 5% lower when you're targeting Austria than you wanted to. So just take that into account. It comes out on the billing, not within the actual click cost, because there's, there's, 
going around the legislation. Right, they're tagging it on. Excellent point. Good looking out. Kicking us off on a real high note. What else is going on? All right. There's a cool new feature from Google that you can easily and quickly see useful context about how a search result and why it was returned for any given query. So it started earlier this week and in the about this little panel that used to say how long a site's been around, who owns the site, things like that. It's those three dots next to most domains. You can pop that open and see your search and this result and why Google chose this. And the example they gave was how to cook fish in the oven. And you can see the source, uh, match terms, terms that related, like things like ingredients, recipe, baked, the um, language, and uh, specific regions. So if it's very granular or you're seeing a college around you, you can see that you're seeing this because of your location. I just thought everybody knows how to cook fish and it's not an oven. You find the closest work establishment, you bring it in, you cook it in the microwave. Oh, someone does that here. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> cook it in the microwave, only at work. <laughs> and again, those items are keywords that you can see, related terms, if you're looking at links, and then local relevance. And a good example they gave was somebody just searching for something general that says, get the shot. And the source is from the Vermont Department of Health, and it's a COVID-19 page. And you can see the terms that drove it, but also that the result is relevant for searches near Vermont. So that's pretty cool. If you're ever talking to a client, they're in a different spot, and they say, I'm not seeing the same stuff as you, get them a VPN or just say, like, why? What, what is it showing for? So the only issue that I see with this is that SEOs are going to ruin it. Oh, for sure. We ruin everything. For sure. Let's have a peep. I have a feeling that that's what we're going to do. Be like, oh, look, here. You're going to see this on a cold outreach. It's like, oh, your competitors for this. What if you put this? And it's like, chill, people. Mm-hmm. Like, let us just have a couple nice things. Just a couple nice things. This is not for us, right? This is for us to help explain to clients or for I users. Know. So we I just, shouldn't take this as gospel. People will. Yes. People will. That's how it's going to get ruined. Yes. But this is not for us. What do you have, Jess? All right. Google ads with image extensions are being spotted in the wild on desktop. So Anu at the marketing Anu on Twitter shared a screenshot when she spotted it and the chatter on Twitter kind of blew up. Lots of folks were saying that they've had them loaded into their accounts already or at least some of their accounts, but they couldn't confirm that it was working on desktop. Somebody said that a rep had told them it was a thing, but who can trust reps? They couldn't confirm. But now, really, as of this week, people are starting to see it in the SERPs, again, on desktop, but much less frequently there than elsewhere. So Amy Middleton-Hebden at AmyPPC on Twitter said, looking at our stats, less than 100 of 400,000K impressions have been on desktop. So again, much less frequent. I think it's cool, though. Did you look at the screenshot, though, Greg? The design of this just seems like an afterthought. Like, it's just an image stuck there. One of them has, I guess you could call it text wrapping. The other one doesn't. It just doesn't look like much to me. It just kind of looks like yeah. my AOL profile in sixth grade. Well, it stuff. looks like stock. Yeah. Just pulled in. There's, yeah. you know, generic people talking and not looking at their computers. It's not great. You know, I think this is an opportunity to utilize your designers, come up with something that fits your brand, mm-hmm. and 100% don't go the stock route, right? Like, this really make ads makes ads pop off the page, and sort of like a good way or a bad way. Because exactly. I'm not clicking on this usi.edu example here with the two people laughing. 
in you know g- complete grayscale. It's like they're in the Matrix. Right. And I'm, I'm going to click on the Tennessee one where at least you can see it's sort of customized and there's an illustration. And then also anything else you can do to separate yourself, put your brand in there may have a big impact. Yeah, for sure. And I think like it still stands out either way, but like you said, kind of in a bad way unless it's thoughtfully done. So for sure be testing these, right? If they- if you have good imagery, because again, to Greg's point, you don't want to stand out in a bad way and have somebody be like, eh, I'm not clicking that. That doesn't look real or doesn't look legit. But again, any way you can stand out, do it before your competitors do. It's still a fairly new feature. So find your best images, leverage your designers and test it out. Do better than this. From Google, there's a new, another algorithm update <gasps> here. And this is the link spam update that is rolling out this week. So this was noted back on the 26th of July. And according to Google, they say we're launching a new link spam fighting change today, which we call the link spam update. This algorithm update, which will roll out across the next two weeks, is even more effective at identifying and nullifying link spam more broadly across multiple languages. Besides taking part in link spam, we'll see changes in search as those links are reassessed by our algorithms. One very important part, one word that really stuck out there was caught by Barry Schwartz over in Search Engine Land where he said, I should note, Google used the word nullify for a reason. Nullify does not necessarily mean penalize, but instead to ignore or simply not count. Google's effort on link spam has been to have ignore and not count spammy links since Penguin 4.0 was released in 2016. Anyway, he finishes it with Barry Schwartz Link spam reporter. Yeah, that's which cute. I love that about it. In my only gripe with this, well, it's you. Uh, people can just shut it off now. Shut, shut the pot off now. Spam is irrelevant or inappropriate messages sent on the internet to a large number of recipients. That's typically what spam has been. What Google is calling and labeling link spam isn't necessarily spam. It's just not adhering to their guidelines, right? And so here's a couple examples. So they talk about link schemes. So what's a link scheme? According to Google, any links intended to manipulate page rank or sites ranking in Google search results may be considered part of a link scheme and a violation of Google's webmaster guidelines. Now that being said, if you link off to somewhere because you like the content and if you think there's page rank going there, that could fall under there, especially if you're trying to manipulate the page rank. Manipulate's the main word, right? Is that spam? I personally don't think that is web spam. I think hacking comments is web spam. Hacking blogs, injection of links. That to me is typically what you think of spam. A link is a link, and if you're putting this out there and we're linking over to search engine land because we like Barry and we like his article, I don't think that that's spam, obviously. Um, That's a bad example. but. Some of the examples they gave were exchanging money for links or posts that contain links, exchanging goods or services for links, sending someone a free product in exchange for them writing it, including a link, guest posting campaigns with keyword rich anchor text links. So if you have guest posting campaigns without the keyword rich anchor text links, that may not be spam. If you send the free product and you don't have a link that may not be, it, it's just a very fine line. In in reality, it is breaking Google's guidelines. And I wish that they just said that because a few, a lot of these examples and they get into affiliates specifically. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. That isn't spam. That is somebody making a living 
and you just need to adhere to their little protocols. But to talk about affiliates within this, I think it's disingenuous. It's not spam. It should be proper affiliate protocols or proper proper guest posting protocols. So that's my only gripe with it. And so for affiliate links, they say sites participating in affiliate programs should qualify these links with rel equals sponsored. And they, again, they talk about this in the link spam update. And sponsored or guest posts. So if it's a guest post and you have campaigns of low quality sponsored guest posts with a goal of gaining links, that again falls under link spam. So what can you do? They have a final portion of the post and they hid this one little thing here at the end and they said, as always, site owners should make sure they're following best practices on links, both incoming and outgoing. It's like, bro, this is your problem. This is your, like these incoming links to me, that's, that's a you problem. For sure. You just talked about all the stuff not to do. And then like, oh yeah, we're heading out of this post here and we're going to yeet our way out of this thing by saying that you need to look at your incoming links. No. So anyway, use the REL no fo- this no follow sponsored link and there is an example that they link off to where again there's a blue star now where it says the no follow attribute was previously recommended for these type of links which are guest posting or affiliate links it is still acceptable to flag them but sponsored is preferred so that's how you can stop link spam which most people would just call a link and it's just insane it's 2021 and this is it's still policing links. So here we are. Some things will never change. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week is a take on last week's take of the week from Colin Slattery at CJ Slattery on Twitter. And if you recall, David Kyle had an image that got popped for partial nudity of somebody mopping down their car, cleaning it off. And I had mentioned this and I said, it's going to be a disaster. I referenced this, this tweet and Colin Slattery said, it was actually one thing that I was appreciative with Google was that it wasn't easy for automated systems that misflag hack to get your account suspended. Turns out they want to do what Facebook does. And it's true. Like that's the one thing everybody hates Facebook for is it just, it is, you go on Twitter and and search for Facebook ads, dumpster fire. You're going to have infinite tweets. And that's what Google's trying to do with this. It's going to be crazy. So yeah, good luck everybody. And that's my other favorite thing too. I'm just on Twitter. My new move that PPC Greg's probably just going to steal right from out from under me is whenever anybody has something flagged, I'm just going to count strikes. So Amalia Fowler had something flagged. I said strike one. I'm going to keep a little running tab. She says something else. We strike two. What if, what if she hits three? Or are you going to let her go to four? I don't know, I'm going to call up uh, Matt, uh, Matt Cutts. <laughs> I meant to say Ginny. Wow. That's not even the same decade. Throwback. Oh, wow. my goodness. I love it. Anyway, good take, Callan. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. ICYMI, people. Shane Rostad, that's at Shane Rostad on Twitter, 
shared his post in the CRO Weekly called Your Products Image Carousel is the most important asset on your store. Stop trying to look cute and start converting more customers. He said, after watching thousands of user recordings, one thing is very clear. People consume your product images more than anything else on the PDP. Yet, there is a trend developing where you show at most two pictures of your product. This trend sucks. And then Andrew Lolk, at Andrew Lolk on Twitter, people using their real names here, quote tweeted saying, I couldn't concur more. Pictures, pictures, pictures. And then videos of your product in use. And then more pictures. You can't have too many. End quote. I couldn't concur more either. I don't know who's out there buying things that don't have pictures or multiple pictures. Like If you're not adding these to your product pages, you either don't care or you're hiding something. And either way, I'm not buying it. I don't want to support you. Like This seems like basic stuff, but apparently we have to tell merchants this. Seems, seems simple to me. Show me the product. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week from Search Engine Land, Instagram is disabling interest and activity-based targeting of underage users. To which, yeah, right? Fine. (laughs) Ain't nobody got a problem with that. To expand on this a little, the change will impact campaigns on Instagram, Facebook, and Messenger. You will now, in the coming weeks after this rolls out, be only able to target minors based on their age, gender, and location. And then the article did say... When a user turns 18, Instagram will inform them about the targeting options advertisers can now use to reach them and the ad settings at their disposal. So you could buy cigarettes, you could vote, you can join the armed forces, and you can now have personalized ads shown to you on your mother's social network of choice. So happy birthday, (laughs) new adult. As long as you're not on an iPhone and uh, on Facebook. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. Just going to leave this one here. This is from Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter. Google's ad revenue grew 69% year over year. Insane. And then he's got the numbers to prove it. And we could talk about coming out of the pandemic, but there's a lot of other things going on with Google ads too. So I'm just going to leave that alone. One might say that little optimization score nugget, raise your budgets. Maybe it worked. I, see, I wasn't going to go there, but I kind of figured you would. <laughs> I blame Joe Martinez. I blame Joe Martinez. Milwaukee PPC on Twitter. Raise your budgets. Got to get that optimization score. I tell you. Next up, the results are in. Friend of the show, Brett Badovsky at Brett Badovsky on Twitter, polled PPC chat to see how folks are managing broad match keywords. The results say 40.9% separate ad group, 27.3% separate campaign, 31.8% all types, all match types in one ad group. But he forgot the option for I don't. Like some people just aren't using these. But he did follow up with some words from Google, basically validating both the campaign level and ad group level options, depending on how you want to manage things. And I thought that was really refreshing. I wish Google would say, do what works for you more often, because go back to your comment about raise your your budgets, Greg, or any other recommendation you see. They make it so hard and fast. And this was just nice to see, like, do what works for you. Can I say something very embarrassing right now? Everybody don't listen to this. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, stop. If you're listening. Broad match is starting to work really good. <laughs> I mean, again, again, disclaimer, disclaimer, <laughs> alert, disclaimer. You have target CPA. You have a very specific budget. You have a lot of negative terms, but the ability where they now match based off the page or something. 
we're seeing it beat other things. I would bet my I would have bet my life it wouldn't beat. Again, with, oh with all the proper I hope you're off. not driving while listening, folks. I know. I was just gonna say if you're listening and not watching, switch to YouTube to see the look on Greg's face as he begrudgingly I'm, says. I'm this. not lying either. I swear I swear I, I I call it like it is, and I can't fathom that this one account, which again, very, very long tail terms, and it's target CPA, it's very specific budgets, and broad matches rocking i love you for admitting that it's, this is it's, a safe space thank you it's maybe the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me greg said hats off to google we <laughs> <Give laughs> will never say that well okay so let me pull you then how where do you have these broad match terms so i have them specified um, within very detailed ad groups in one campaign that is running with very specific terms in there um, so it is, again, if you're saying, let's pretend it's not this, but let's say it's it's uh, CRM enterprise software or something like that. You, ha- you make sure you're not buying CRM software, you're not buying CRM, it's enterprise CRM software, and then you have to have smart bidding on there. So, and that's changing, but if you have target CPA or maximize conversion with target CPA radio button checked off, so never do maximize clicks. Never do eCPC or CPC, but give it a shot. Low budgets, target CPA, see how it works. Right. You heard it here first, folks. Report back if that changes, Greg. We'd love to hear you. I will. About I it. will. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. You're also refreshing. You and Google. One story. All right. I do not know what Dan Richardson is talking about, but I am scared anyway. At NJS Dan Rich tweeted, what the blazes have you done to the MCC ads UI at Google ads? Question mark, question mark. Where's everything gone? Exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark, question mark. Hashtag PPC chat. That's a terrifying tweet. That is a terrifying tweet. It's a terrifying tweet because there's no information, but also it sounds like something's really wrong for poor Dan. I know. When I saw it, I had the exact same reaction as Anu. I'm like, oh no, what are you seeing? Oh no, I, I hope I don't get this. Right. And there's been no reply to that either. Um, Yet, so I don't know what had him so frazzled. He did tweet the, he did tweet our lovely ads liaison asking for the left hand nav back. That was a separate tweet, oh, so maybe no. it's that. I know, but I checked my account; I could still see it. So shrug emoji. This was only a few hours old at the time of recording, but I'm sure Ginny has already replied by the time you're actually hearing this. So check the link in our show notes for more updates. I don't know. Cue scary well, music. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a new sticker pack that I just have to order this week. It's on me. I get it. Um, it's a paid search. What, are you busy with clients or <laughs> yeah, something? Yeah, we're slammed. <laughs> um, but we have a cool new PPC sticker chat, so stay tuned. It's super cool. One is Ginny-related. You're going to love it. And we also have some bid to the bone, paid search, rock and roll, death metal shirts. You can see it if you're watching online here. And we'll have a little giveaway. People that share... Um, this week's episode at Marketing Clock on Twitter will give some away. We have small, medium, and large as left. So follow Marketing Clock. Tag somebody. All you got to do is tag somebody that would like this show, which may be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is where I was going to use the word something or the term something's afoot, right? But Caleb already said that. So pretend I had a different. <laughs> Mazcon? Is that a joke from last week? I'm only Wait, halfway oh, through the episode. That is a joke from last week. No. Shoot. <clears throat> it's funny. Just leave, leave it in. We don't understand humor. Okay. <laughs> some, some context is just funny. <laughs> There's no context. 
All right. So uh, PPC Greg, who may or may not uh, qualify for this year's Greg of the Year, tweeted, hashtag PPC chat. Has anyone else seen a massive uptick in zero click search terms recently? And he shared a screenshot, zero click, zero impression search terms. And first of all, Sarah Burke, the one and only from the most recent Marketing a Talk episode, shares an office with me and she sent me a screenshot of this in her account and was like, am I crazy? I'm like, I don't know. Are you crazy? And that's everybody else's reply here to PPC Greg. Everyone's like, thought it was just me. Glad I'm not crazy. This is insane because they're out there. Who knows why this is happening? Google is out there showing you search terms that you didn't even have a click for, but then they're hiding queries that convert. And I'm just glad that Shep is off this week because I feel like she'd be absolutely livid. <laughs> Absolutely livid. She's probably livid anyway. <laughs> What's with the blueberries? <laughs> They're so small. Is that your best chef voice? <laughs> Not spot on at all. <laughs> and I love it. Love you, chef. Oh my god, you forgot to roll your eyes. All right, chef. I hope you weren't driving there. <laughs> All right, here's another tweet because the paid news is all tweets this week, just like how social is all Andrew Hutchinson. He is the tweets of social. All right. This is from Gordon Campbell, at Gore Campbell. Hey, Google Ads folks. <laughs> Check your search term report and segment by search partners. I've noticed a ton of clicks on very specific and unusual search terms, mostly wasted spend coming from search partners. Looks like traffic arbitrage. Doesn't that seem like that should be Bruce Campbell's <laughs> name? Like Gore Campbell. Are we not gonna talk about Gore Campbell. Who's who's Bruce Campbell? Gore Campbell, like Living Dead, Evil Dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bubba Hotep. What? Right. Nick Papa Giorgio. I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have to Google what arbitrage meant. So, miss you, Shep. All right. Here's a little heads up. This is a tweet also from PPC Greg. At Get him PPC out Greg. of here. Get him out of here. I'm done with him. All right, I'm not going to read it. Um, check out Unified Audience Reporting. That's what he says. I was okay. joking. What did he really have to say? <laughs> <laughs> he said, audience reporting has a new look. Give yourself a few extra minutes to get a feel for it before your next client meeting and then put an emoji that's like the straight face. So I just hope that he wasn't thrown off um, presenting something to someone, but it's happened to all of us. So he's giving you a heads up. Unified Audience Reporting. View and manage performance for all your audience segments. And exclusions, including demographics, interests, and your data, all in one place. Next up, from David Herman, at Herman Digital on Twitter. FB must have flipped a switch today. ROAS is, like, noticeably good across everything. You? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for you, David, I think, but other people are skeptical. Somebody just replied, haha, do not trust it. So, I guess, we'll see. This reply from Aaron on her office great, too. I knew there was a switch. I just knew. <laughs> That's a lot up, more, more upbeat than I was willing to be here. But Speaking of upbeat, in case you wanted some science to back up the relevance or irrelevance of a made-up Google Ads metric, PPC Hero has a piece for you. It's called Don't Be Blinded by the Ad Strength, an experiment on impact of ad strength. And we're talking about RDAs here, people. Spoiler alert, a higher ad strength does not mean better CTR, better conversion rate, or better quality score. That also mean, doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything, right? You should just keep looking at your own data and the metrics important to you adjust from there. But this also, was an interesting thing. It is very interesting. To be fair, it's not RDAs, it's RSAs. So it's actually oh, yes. responsive search ads, not responsive display ads. Still super cool, but just take note. 
Yeah, that was that was a me mistake. I wrote it wrong in my notes and just read them. You, uh, you know what? You were blinded by the ad string. That's why <laughs> I, was. I didn't I didn't heed the warning. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, move over optimization score because ad strength wants to sit down with you. All right. Andrew McGarry at Beyond Content on Twitter shared a screenshot of a post from Gil David who starts with warning an important but geeky Facebook ads post. And it goes into Apple's random 24 to 72 hour delay on sending Facebook conversion data. So attribution is hard to look at. And basically Andrew's point in sharing this is that good luck if you have like on the day of decisions for major events like Black Friday and Cyber Monday because you really can't trust the data and it's being sent. It looks like at random periods throughout. So read it if you do any Facebook advertising. There's no way I can do it justice without reading the whole thing and you don't want to listen to me do that. Um, So check it out in the show notes either on Discord or in the newsletter. Yeah, and there's zombie conversions that are coming in after things have been paused due to delays in reporting. Check it out. Gil has a great post. So that leads nicely into um, a post on the PPC subreddit from a butter cube. And it's titled, <laughs> Will Facebook Ever Recover? I thought butter was made of fat, but this cube actually has a brain and some decent thoughts. So like the rest of us, no answers as to what's going on with Facebook and, and what we should expect for the future. But in addition to some theories on why performance is slipping, he or she did say that the client that they're working with is slowly losing patience and they're not sure what they can do beyond this point, which is a sad. But I think it's a really important, just broader point. Forget Facebook and forget you know Apple and their issues together. I think what this really speaks to is we have a lot of great communication or um, we have a lot of great conversations happening within the community, but a lot of time that conver- those insights get lost, right? You don't have that same conversation with your clients. So I think it's really important to keep them abreast of what's going on, make sure they know what we can do as well as what's out of our control, and then just be prepared to test it and pivot. But open client communication is, is the most important thing, and I think the key takeaway here. Yeah. Fun fact, fat is actually how you grow brain cells fast when you're a kid. Oh, a butter cube. Yes. <laughs> Smart guy. Yeah. It's not a fun fact. That's a serious fact. Get you fat. Lastly here, if you like to stick it to the man, and I know that you do, you'll be happy to know that TechDirt is now entirely without any Google ads or tracking code. And I'm sure that you can guess why. And the answer is Google drama. We will link to the article, obviously, in the newsletter and Discord so you can read it. I only skimmed it, but when I got to the bottom, there was a note that started with, thanks for reading this TechDirt post. We do so many things for everyone's attention. We really appreciate you giving us your time, which made me sad. So if you care about Google drama and why they may have removed Google ads and tracking code, and it's actually a really interesting saga, a lot of back and forth there, go read the whole thing, please. And that's it for paid, Greg. What is happening in organic? Oh, we have a lot this week. And first up is something from one of my favorite pieces of software, Clavio, Clavio, call it whatever you want, but call it awesome. So Clavio released a few new features, first being a price drop trigger, so customers can be alerted when something they've been wanting goes on sale. You can enable that if you want. There's also SMS expansion and enhancements. One thing that's super cool is multi-step forms. So you could put in, oh yeah, I want that discount code, but then you have to do the next part um, to move further, and there's a reports library. So Clavio is fantastic and is a must-use for anybody using Shopify. All right, next up from Gary from Google Method at Method on Twitter. There is now official verbiage on how long you should keep a 301 redirects in place. Anybody have a guess? Forever? One year. 
at least one year. And he says you should keep it indefinitely if you can. Because after one year, Google will officially recognize it. There was a whole bunch of chatter back and forth in the thread in the comments. One that was good was from Lyndon Darth Autocrat at Darth underscore NA on Twitter. (laughs) He said, 12 months pass and the redactor is removed. 100% value pass still in effect? Question mark. Does GKeep association intact? If not, is there a decline? If so, is it gradual? There's a lot of questions. Gary, to his credit, answered all of them. He said, after one year... All signals had time to pass on from A to B. If the redirect is broken after year one, A will be standing on its own, and so will B. If you are nerding out over this and really love what I just said, just go read the thread because I'm not going any more into it. I would say with the caveat of if you're moving a site from domain to domain, if Google and Search Console still says that it's looking at, or after more than a year, if that's still going on, I would leave it. I mean, you should leave it up it regardless yeah. for your customers. Yeah. Obviously, there are issues where... It's out of your control, especially if you're consulting for a client. You should just say, you need to put these redirects up for a year because so many times there's just different teams working on stuff Mm. and put this into your contracts and put this into your item, put this into your written communication that you can go back on. So when some noob comes in, yanks that redirect or you change to some other, something happens and is gone, you have that documentation. And they hacked up, not you. Amen. All right, next up. Google is permanently allowing chains the ability to create posts via the API. And so Google had decided that chains would be able to create posts in the API um, when COVID hit so that people could put out their COVID information quickly and easily across all the different chains that they own. Um, Well, that was supposed to go away when COVID was going away. Jokes on them. I don't think COVID's not going away. Doesn't seem to be. And this is sticking around too. So in the previous documentation, they said it will be for a limited time. It seems like it's now for a longer time. And you can check out more over on nearmedia.co. The Western New York's own Mike Blumenthal has that right up over there. All right, next up, spotted by Glenn Gabe on Twitter by way of GoFish Digital and Chris Long. Not of Chalk Media, but of GoFish Digital and not an NFL player, a local search. Local search or just search? Maybe just a search nerd. Anyway, he's got the Shopify robots.txt guide and how to create and edit the robots.txt for Shopify. It's in the robots.txt.liquid. If you use Shopify, I'm not even going to talk about it, but you can add these different rules in there. And he breaks down what is good out of the box with Shopify. It's a great write-up. Go check it out if you have a Shopify account. All right, next up from Google Search Central on Twitter, they say, you may have noticed an increase in soft 404 error reports in Search Console in the past few weeks. Thank you for all the reports you sent our way. The team identified the classifier that was causing the issue and deactivated it while they fine-tune it. Like, they just get rid of that classifier. Like, you deactivate it and you're fine-tuning it? I don't know. Sounds like a robot. I don't know. Oil it up, turn it back on, move all right, well, yeah, just do what Jess says. <laughs> Google engineers. Tell that to Gary. All right. Just Google Just Google it. Never mind. <laughs> Microsoft, bing it. This just flows off the tongue. All right, next up, there was a review snippets bug, and on the 23rd of July, Google has confirmed they have fixed it by way of Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter account. Next up from Analytics Edge, there's a great article. If you are an Analytics Edge user, it's a plugin for Microsoft Excel. 
He said, for unknown reasons, Google didn't provide built-in dimensions for many of the existing event parameters that are automatically tracked in GA4. If there isn't a dimension defined, then you can't include it in a report. Video title is one of those, and video URL is another. They've got a workaround where you can pull everything into your reporting so you can see either the title of the video or the URL of the video. And if you like that, you might like our most recent marketing talk, so check that out when we talk about marketing reporting. All right, and 23% of the Google top stories now are not AMP URLs. This is up from 12% that Barry Schwartz over SE Roundtable reported. So John Shehada's News Dash now has that up to 23, and I wish it was 110%. What are your thoughts when people say 110%? I feel like it normally doesn't bother me, but it bothered me a lot when you just said it because it's more than all. You can't have Drives. that me crazy and i think it's just because it's like 110 like it's like that doesn't make sense if you say like i like going putting the 100 emoji putting a zero on the end and putting percent because that is a thousand percent that's funny like my kids will say 2100 i'm like what do you give it on a scale one to ten like 2100 and that's funny because i don't know what that's very high but when somebody says 110 percent, it's like you can't do that yeah it's like just enough to be extra but you put no effort into that yeah get lost Mm -hmm. bye Okay, PodTrack, the podcasting analytics platform, has seen a consistent downward trend in the year-over-year growth rate of downloads since the beginning of June. Overall, 2021 has just been slightly above or on par with 2020 traffic through May, and June was the first month where 2021 saw less traffic than 2020. I'm just going to go ahead and officially call it. Podcasts are dead. Hey. No, we're still here. Wait, wait. Reading a little bit further here, folks. Things are changing. Okay. All right. Attention all podcasters. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) That listenership drop in June actually wasn't because of your garbage takes. It was because of a bug in Apple Podcast reporting where 20% of downloads weren't being counted. They better oil that up. Tune it up. (laughs) <laughs> adjusting for the 20% decrease in Apple podcast downloads for the month of June. Absolute downloads for June would have grown at 5% year over year in line with the average monthly growth for January through May. So I'm going to go out and say it folks. Podcasts officially aren't dead. I was, that was They're a, back. 180, 360, 110. What was that? 110%. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and after going public via a SPAC, SPAC, Taboola acquires e-commerce marketing network Connexity for $800 million. If you recall, the Taboola Outbrain merger, the Taboo Brain, was called <laughs> off last year, but they have a new acquisition, Connexity. It was originally called Shopzilla. They bought all this stuff, Become.com, Skimlinks, Price Grabber, and it's sort of like this e-commerce suite of tool of crap tools. I, I added the crap tools. <laughs> the <laughs> dumbest <laughs> list of names I've ever heard. Become.com? It's like, can you imagine <laughs> buying your next car off of a price grabber <laughs> link from a Taboola article on TMZ? Like, that's, a le- that's, gonna, that's a lemon. That's going to be a lemon. So. If it even has wheels, man. All right, next up from Search Engine Roundtable and not Barry Schwartz, it is Mihai Aprengus, a guest post because Mihai had went into the unconference, the Google unconference we talked about a few weeks back. There's a good write-up as to, I guess, why they were apprehensive a little bit, 
not a lot about the content. <laughs> um, I guess there's an official Google post in the works about the key takeaways. So check it out if you want to know what Unconference is like. And from Cyrus Shepard, at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter, love him or hate him, there was a great post saying, for years, I was proud of helping Moz or Moe's rank number one for SEO along with several others for the Beginner's Guide to SEO, which is a great read. I added that part. Cyrus goes on to say, now losing that number one spot to Google itself feels so darned defeating. Feels like fighting the final boss on level 30 with difficulty set to ridiculous. And then a bunch of emojis and fighting things. And this is inevitable for many folks. And it's not the best result, right? Like you read, you read the Google, what ranks for SEO, and it is a very odd piece. It links over to all these things of like, when should you hire an SEO? Where there was controversy at one point when they said you should get a free site audit. It's now changed. It says you may have to pay for a site audit. It is a very, very, very unhelpful, odd piece. I, can't, I don't know how to say anything else other than precarious it's it's strange that google is offering these things there's an old video from 2017 which still kind of stands up but it's not what you really want to get people the Moz beginner guide to seo is actually good and there was a bunch of very good or very funny i guess comments as well on that thread from cyrus and some back and forth where it's like yeah google is the authority but that content isn't the best. And when Google is always saying, do the best content, the best content, the best content, not the best content. And that's ranking. So no. do luck, you everybody. think if you clicked on those three little dots to see why it's ranking for that, it would just say, cause we're Google. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just saying. First up in social from social media today's Andrew Hutchinson. Uh, TikTok is adding some new features for live streaming. So first up, we got event cards. And basically, this is just going to be a really tight, little cool way to remind people that you're streaming, right? Give them something they can post about, send around. And it has a cool little CTA register button. So you can reach out to them in email and on other platforms. Uh, number two, live guests are now available for all users. And TikTok is getting rid of the thousand followers threshold. I don't know why this was a thing originally. It seems a little weird that you would need a thousand followers just to have someone else on your live stream. The way that reads, it'd be funny if it's like live guests are now available for all users and you just go live and you're like, oh, look, Gary Busey. I got Gary Bad Busey today. You, know? you just pick one, a famous one. Okay. And lastly, um, TikTok is merging the Q&A option with the comment feature that already exists on live stream. So this will give creators a way to keep track of all the questions that specific users are asking in the live stream and they'll be able to see it on screen and answer it if you get lucky enough. Pinterest creators who happen to like money, this next story is for you. From <laughs> I feel Sarah like it's Perez. all of them. Yeah, you know? probably, right? But from Sarah Perez of TechCrunch, uh, Pinterest is increasing its investment in the creative community by introducing new tools that will allow creators to make money from their content. And this is going to allow creators to tag products in their idea pins. Uh, and it's a video first feature that the company first launched this spring, if you guys remember us talking about it. So this is kind of going to be like stories where creators can post a video or a photo and add music or GIFs. And they can include detail pages where viewers find associated content like the ingredient list or instructions for a recipe or a list of how-to instructions for a craft project. And this is kind of like TikTok Spark Ads in that when you produce branded content on Pinterest uh, and you add the brand to the actual idea pin, the brand will be able to approve the tag and sponsor it. 
and the idea panel will feature a label that says paid partnership. So kind of retroactively sponsoring stuff too, which is interesting. Side note, has Diet Coke gotten up back to shop yet? <laughs> no, I'm coming for her though. Oh, really? I, had, I had two Cokes today. Diet. <laughs> two Diet Cokes wow. today and I'm just walking around waiting for somebody to see me. Jess, I don't know if that's enough. You may have to bump it up to like four or five. <laughs> well, I don't need job. any TikTok followers to have them as a guest true, on my live stream. True. So I just need to get on TikTok. Just featuring TikTok. And Pinterest now. And Pinterest, and Pinterest. right. All right, and next up from TechCrunch, we all know that Twitter has a wonderful reputation of acquiring startups and smaller companies and developing them to their full potential and guiding them on the path to success. Except they don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Periscope, TweetDeck, Telepart, and there's a lot more. But they've just acquired Brief, which is a startup that launched a subscription-based news summary app that aimed to, quote-unquote, tackle many of the problems with today's news cycle, including information overload, burnout, media bias, and algorithms that promoted engagement over accuracy. Uh, good luck to them. I, I, I wish them all the best. You know what? Counterpoint to your Twitter slander, Caleb. <laughs> Thine's still pretty rad. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you mean bite? Ooh, you want some aloe for that burn? Miss hmm. Vine. Uh, and lastly, it's social. From Engadget's Carissa Bell, Twitter is allowing a few brands to place a shop module at the top of their profile that links to products that the followers can buy. And a shop button for tweets has also been spotted. And they're also recently introduced their business profile. So Twitter's making a little bit of a push into the shopping category. Um, I don't think I'm going to be personally buying anything that <laughs> the people I follow are telling me to. <laughs> it's never accurate. And I don't think I want to buy like you know, say Giannis, for instance, like tweets out like, oh, you guys can get my jersey or like my, the signed replica ball. I'm just from Twitter. It doesn't matter to me. Like I don't see stuff on Twitter and like I'm going to get at this. Wow. Just, yeah. I love Giannis. So Giannis, if you're listening, which you are, uh, don't don't hate me. Is that a sports person? Yes, that is a, that is a sports individual. <laughs> Indeed. Play ball. And that's all for social. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. Not really working hard or hardly working, just something from the desk of Jess Bud. I was in the Google Ads conversion action tab yesterday and I saw this notification that hopefully you saw too, but just an FYI in case you didn't. Starting July 30th, conversion actions that haven't recorded data in the past 13 months will be marked as removed. You can then re-enable them anytime from the conversion table, again, according to this notification. But just a good reminder to go in, because it could be that you stopped tracking something or something's not on your site anymore, but it could also be that something stopped working and you don't just want that to go away, you want to fix it. So check your conversion actions tab in Google Ads. That's also called news, Jess. All right, well, something hardly working and working hard, but mainly hardly working is Google's re just general support and lack thereof support. I had a client that was brand new, never been billed, setting up for the first time, got flagged for uh, outstanding balances. Basically, I can't remember the exact terminology. Never spent brand new account. Suspended. And I put the account number in to go get support. And the answer was uh, call a call or send an email, call up. There's no support for this account because of COVID. Get it, whatever. And so 
in order to get support, you can't be a poor, unfortunate soul that is using, that, that doesn't spend a lot. So if you're an account, if you're an agency, put in your MCC number. I think David Kyle um, on Twitter had recommended that. We put in our account number and now all of a sudden we're somebody because we spend money and we could get support. It stinks. It shouldn't be the case. Everybody should have access to support. But if you're frustrated and you can't get it, use your MCC account. That may work. All right, and hardly working for me is Slack. Slack has been really bad for me this week. I've been sending people messages. People have been sending me messages. They haven't gotten them. I haven't gotten them. One thing that was really crazy was um, someone was calling me apparently for like a minute and a half, and I'm sitting at my computer looking at Slack, nothing. So yeah, that's uh, been a little bit of a bump in the road this week. They're slacking. <laughs> oh boy. All right, now on to our segment segments, and this week is really fast. We've got a segment called Spilt Tea. Over on PPC Reddit, and they said, okay, spill the tea. What's the biggest mistake you've made with real money in this business? And there are a lot of mistakes. And if you are interested in some mistakes, you want to just feel better, go check that out. And we've got one called Remote Life. And this comes by way of Azeem Digital. He's got a thread about starting a new job remotely and how he thought it was going to be a challenge, and it wasn't, and gives a bunch of tips. So if you've got a new room, Remote job starting, not technically news, but something that you can use. Thanks, Azeem. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is what the FAQ from Charlie Warnier, aka at DataChaz on Twitter. So what does what the FAQ do? It crawls the content of a page and generates a question and answer, a list of question and answer pairs from it, Q&As that you can then select from and export the list to a CSV file. So this is super handy for research, content ideas, and more. In addition to the tool itself, Chaz has a great thread digging deeper into the why and the how of the what, the FAQ, which we will link to in our newsletter and on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from SEMrush, aka SEM Rush, and it's a YouTube SEO study insights and data to help you rank higher by way of Chiara Clemente. And this is a great article to send to clients. There's a lot of data in here about uh, the percentage of videos ranking for how-to, what it means, the study, and all the data. So if you want to know about SEO on YouTube, check out this article over on SEM Rush, SEMrush. Thank you, Sarah. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck.
And this week I brought an actual piece of paper. I'm going to try something new. It's called the Olympic Minute, where I rant about the Olympics. And so I've got a lot of hot takes, some of the hottest takes you've heard about the Olympics. And I'm going to save the hottest for the last. Oh, boy. Really be a little controversy oh here. And then we're going to do poke holes in this. So first up, Russia's banned, but they're now the ROC. <laughs> the Russian what? Olympic the Russian. <laughs> why couldn't we have everybody that doesn't make the Olympics in the U.S. and be the USAOC? Right, and we're the United States Olympic Committee, and we sent double the people. That's not fair. If you're banned, you should be banned. I was a little confused at first. I thought Rochester made it to the big stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rochester, New York. Right? <laughs> Why did you just make make up fake countries if yeah. you really can't be banned? So so insane. Secondly, I hate the 2020. I'm sure everybody's whining about that. But then the 2020 with no fans and no spectators, it's like a horror show. It's awful. It yeah. makes Olympics impossible to watch. Okay, next up, a little note here. Water polo looks hard. Oh, I thought you were about to. No. Water polo. How? Swimming sucks. Like, like treading water sucks. And then you got people dragging you down and you got to throw a ball and get hit in the face. It's awful. And you have one arm up while somebody's trying to drown you. No, thank you. Do they still do that in school, in gym? Yes. We used to play it in gym. Really? We played it in gym. So. Okay. Next up, volleyball. Big problems with volleyball. There's six on six volleyball, same court. There's so many people in there, too many people. And then the other option you have is you get in a bikini and you do two on two volleyball in the sand. How about three on three? How about four on four? Any of you ever thought of that? Million dollar idea. There's too few people with two on two and too many people with six on six. We need four on four. What do you wear for the four on four? Clothes or full dress? Hmm. Full dress or suit? (laughs) (laughs) Tuxedo volleyball? I would be 100% behind that. Sounds like a Twitter handle. On the beach. (laughs) Okay. And then the hottest take I've got here. Have you ever heard of horse dancing or dressage? Horse dressage? Yeah, yeah. That's where they go. They literally make the horses tap dance. It's awful. Terrible. Awful. So my big question is, I saw people getting the awards, the medals. You know what I didn't see? Any hacking horses up there on the stand. Yep. Give the horses the medal. And do the horses have to be born in the country of Ooh. origin? That's what I was thinking. Are there import horses being brought in from other countries? They're How does totally that work? checking them for steroids too, right? They're testing these horses? I don't know. It is absolute insanity. I can't believe that's a sport. It, a, it's not a sport. Sorry, come at me, bro. It's not a sport. And I think the horses should get the medal, not the humans. What do you mean horse tap dancing isn't a sport? We could vote yay or nay. <laughs> well, it's a sport if you're a horse. The human is like, literally we need to see just some sitting horse there. birth certificates immediately. The human isn't doing anything. I am 12. Like, you're just sitting there and the horse is dancing. You don't need to be on the horse. There's no need to be no human on the horse to tell the horse to dance. It's not the Let horse the horse Olympics. dance. What if the person leave danced him out. with the horse? But Ooh, at least... Like, like look, dancing with the horses exactly. stars? You win the Kentucky yes. Derby. You get a full-on thing of flowers. You get all this attention. You get to go and mate with all these other horses and yep. live your life. Like the best, world's best life. You don't even get a medal if you're this poor horse. That's my hottest day. Keep on dancing, horses. Okay, so now on half picking ideas, we'll do two because we went long. How that's a spicy take though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean you said they'd be the hottest takes I've heard. They're the only takes I've heard about the Olympics. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> there have been some of the worst takes ever. About the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've got a good idea. Poke holes in this idea. And you can't. When your batteries go out, 
what if you had batteries you could recharge like a like a Rolex watch where you could shake the batteries and they'd recharge and you could then turn your remote on. If you had a remote, the all you do is give it a little shake and it would work every time for the rest of its life. How amazing would that be? Poke holes in a battery that you could just shake like a watch because watch is the only battery that uses friction and many people like those watches. Poke holes in kinetic batteries. Why would, would you reinvent the battery when you just use a Rolex battery? It already exists. But not for not for an actual for a, like I want a battery you could put into your remote so you can never have a remote die. My thing is though, like, what about for bigger stuff? Like, you know what I mean? If you're if you can apply like friction batteries to anything, I don't want to like have to shake my laptop. You know what I mean? Okay, let's say <laughs> not laptop. Oh, yeah, let's you not drop it or your car. It's, it's a remote. <laughs> right. It's a new idea for the new remote. The next just remote. the remote shakeable battery remote. No, because it becomes the shake weight and it's very problematic. Why? Because you're getting swole. Yes. all right jess what do you got oh you want to oh i closed my notes oh i remember what it was okay so why we have charging pads and we have monitors on a stand why isn't your telephone cellular phone charging pad not just on the monitor make that what? Do you know what I'm talking about? You put no. your phone down on something and it charges, and then you have your monitor on your desk for your computer, and it has a base that's taken up unnecessary space. Put oh. the charging pad in that. Oh. Right? And you don't have to shake nothing because it's plugged in anyway. How could you get power to it? Well, that's the to, only hole to poke. You plug in your monitor. Oh, yeah, it has plug it's in plugged in. It's plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I can't poke holes in it, just as genius. Thank you. I will be at the next Olympics. That's pretty good. 2024 and 2025 see me there inventions bring your horse and we (laughs) will see you next week